Uh, it's a good joke. Oh, you mean like a real like documentary style joke where someone's like, Bill Murray was not pleased. And he's like, I was not pleased. <laughs> yeah, so we need, we need that for the uh, I can't do the eventual Batman place. Forever uh, <laughs> whenever we get Batman Forever documentary where we'll just have Tommy, Jim Carrey go like, Tommy Lee Jones told me I did not I do not sanction your buffoonery. Cut Tommy Lee Jones. I didn't sanction it. <laughs> that's a that's a classic documentary moment. I hope we get more of those. Yeah. Um but the big news in New York that you alluded to today is that uh and again this will be old news by the time this episode is out, is that the Phantom of the Opera is closing. Which makes me regret I didn't see it. I remember multiple times saying, like, I'm not gonna see Phantom because it's always gonna be here. <laughs> I remember saying that to you. Well, it's kind of ancient right now, so I just thought, you know, maybe it'll tour or something. I think I mean, it, has, I, it does I believe tour, they, it's just, I think know. they redid it in the West End, if I remember right, to make it cheaper, so I feel like they might close it, bring it back in three years with a cheaper version. Yeah, I was just thinking that when you said that it's closing and it's uh, this episode's going to come out later, it's like, what if people panic and the ticket sales go up again? And they're like, oh no, we didn't know that it could close. Yeah, it's well, I mean, it's literally like, man, if I knew it was closing, I actually would have bothered to see it in New York because I'd be like, oh yeah, like that's gonna be but, a big moment whenever it does close. It'll be it like, closes in February. Which, do something about it. But I remember like two. It's closing like a week or two after the 35th anniversary. Now's the time I could talk about my New York trip because I never did on this podcast. Holy cow! You're right. Yeah, Mark, I saw you in New York. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. It was a while ago now. But, yeah, it was about yeah. a month ago. Well, well, what should I talk about? Should I talk about the shows I saw? I don't know, because you kind of did talk about them when you were given Michael the Prince of Egypt clues. I mean, I didn't talk about which... I only said I saw Into the Woods. I didn't say whatever shows I was going to see. You didn't talk about how we watched Cats. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, well, we'll talk about all the musicals I saw. Besides Into the Woods, which was fantastic. I saw the actors break on stage, which was always really special, especially when it's like those professional levels. But also the show was great regardless. Uh, I also saw Strange Loop, which was good. I feel like I'm a little tempered in my reaction to it, but I also realized that I had, like, a, that's the only show I saw of obstructed viewing, so. Then I saw Chicago, which my big thought when I saw The Family of the Opera was closed, I was like, why not Chicago? <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of the production, and I won't really get into why unless Mark wants me to, but I have a feeling Mark doesn't want me to, so I won't. I wouldn't mind if you got into it. I don't remember why. Oh, well, it's because, um, you know, I was watching, and I thought, I was like, only two of these actors are really giving it their all. And I looked up afterwards, uh, and the two actors I thought that were giving it their all, sure enough, they started, like, two weeks before I came to watch it. So, of course, they're giving it their all, because it's their first time. Like, they're really, like, still, like, proving themselves in Chicago. But the leads, I looked it up, and they've both been on and off with the show since either 2012 or, like, 2004. So, I was like, of course, they're not, like, giving much energy to this. This is literally, like, oh, something didn't work out for me. I can always go back to Chicago, you know? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I mean, like seeing I was... more passionate performances. Uh, in particular, one of the perform I've never seen the movie, and I could tell immediately off of one of these actors who've been there a while, could immediately tell, like, oh, this must be the, pl- the character Renee Zellweger played in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea oh, which one was that? Renee. No, I don't know which one's Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones until now that I've seen the show, because one person was doing a Renee Zellweger impression on stage who's been with the show for years. <laughs> To be fair, I mean, you're you're right and valid. I think that there's something to be said about, like, being so right for a part that you come back to it over and over again. I mean, yeah, and but I'd like to like see more energy with the part. security doesn't really exist when you're an actor, you know? 
So it's like if you were that if you can be that part for as long as you can, and especially something like that where you like make a lot of money, it's like people doing soap operas, you know. Difference is, Mark. The, the soap I opera crowd difference is, is Mark. Small, I didn't spend ninety bucks on a ticket to watch a soap opera. I spent ninety bucks to watch Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and now you know how I feel about everything. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I also yeah, saw so Chicago. Saw Chicago. Then I watched Cats, but we can we can talk about the last show I saw. Then we can go back to Cats because then I saw Hades Town, which I actually thought was better than the Woods. Because one, to be clear, I am very I don't regret seeing Into the Woods and spending the money I did on it at all. Uh, it was a fantastic show. Obviously, Into the Woods is a fantastic work all around. It's probably my favorite song time, just because well, I don't really want to get into it now. But it's my favorite song time, and of course the cast was fantastic. Uh, I had no understudies for that, which was. I don't want to be anti-understudy because I think understudies are cool, but in the case of this show where I flew out to see this all-star cast, I'm glad I got the all-star cast. <laughs> um, actually, I think I did have an understudy, but it was like one of Cinderella's sisters, so not really a big name. Then Town is, in my opinion, my favorite show I've ever seen, period, like on a, in a professional theater. Maybe there's some other shows I've liked that I've seen on lower quality that I can't call my favorite show because I haven't seen a professional done it. But Town, off the top of my head, would be my favorite show I've seen, like, super professionally. I've seen it three times professionally. First, in New York, when I visited Mark in 2020, pre-pandemic. Then I saw it in Chicago earlier this year on tour, and now I've seen it a third time. The reason this was the best experience yet was because I got tickets in, like, row H. Whereas previously, I've always been in the back row. Uh, so I was up close and personal with the actors. Um, I went with a friend from work who literally just accidentally visited New York the same time I did. And so, oh, I totally forgot about that. That's so great that that's like a Broadway experience that they get to have. Yeah, well, no, because our attitude was because there are some. I remember when I first got there, the first day, it wasn't on. There weren't cheap tickets on sale for it, and I was kind of surprised. So I, we had a backup show of Beetlejuice, and I'm glad we saw Hades Town. And the thing I was gonna say is um about I had a funny. I want to make a comparison point to when I went to the Toronto International Film Festival in 2019, and I saw Jojo Rabbit with my friend Chris. And they were extremely concerned when it ended because, you know, Heroes plays at the end of the movie. I just start crying a bit. And then the director by Taiko Waititi appears on screen and just kind of overwhelms me the fact that I went to a film festival. I saw this movie I was really hyped for early. And to me, I actually, I think this is like my the take that gets people mad at me. One of my takes that gets people mad. I think Jojo Rabbit is Taiko's best film. Uh, I think it's his most accomplished film, period. So it kind of completely blew me away. And like the ending was like, wow, I really liked everything about that movie. Uh, and I started crying over the experience happening. And then the director of the festival comes out. And he's like, we've got a surprise for you, Taika's here. So that just started making me cry even more <laughs> while I gave a standing ovation. And well, no, before Taika came out, because it was like, you know, like, you know how credits like they have like the they have the blocking and then like it finally goes to the scroll. So when yep. the scroll started happening, that's when the director, like the director of the festival, came out and announced Taika was there. So when the like blocking was going on, I was just sitting in my seat, crying and shaking. And my friend Chris was like, "Are you okay? I'm here for you if you need me." I'm like, "No, I just need to cry like this. I really just need to let this all come out." <laughs> and I was like shaking. And anyway, the point being, uh, the last song at Hayes Town always makes me sob. And my friend, my friend also brought a friend of hers who I didn't know because they both were in town for a concert, and it's like their friend was crying too and i was like doing my crying shaky thing and she was just sitting in the middle of us like concerned <laughs> <laughs> she's like no yeah the end was good it was really sad i was just 
not expecting you to like shake and cry. I'm like, yeah, that happens when I really moved. Because <laughs> like, you... even as I'm walking out of the theater, I'm still kind of composing myself at Hades Town. <laughs> Do you remember we had no idea what that show was when we went on our road trip all those years ago? And yeah. then we listened to it, and now it's like this big, this great big thing. Well, yeah, but I remember also like listening to that show, and everyone, you know, I think it was, well, I think it was Christian Boswell who recommended it to us, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, and I remember listening to him being like, "Oh yeah, this is like one of the best things we listened to on this trip." <laughs> like, yeah, like rather easy, like, and it was the only, I think it was the only off Broadway recording we listened to. And then we were like, "Yeah," and then as soon as like they announced for Broadway, I'm like, "I have to see some Broadway," which is why I rushed to see it in March. No, in March, January 2020, because I thought, you know, before, you know, the pandemic was going to hit, I assumed, you know, actors usually start leaving after, like, a year of being in the show, um, which is funny, because, you know, when I went this time, everyone's still with the show besides Herm- Hermes, because Andre DeShields is doing his um, Death of the Salesman revival, and, I don't know, I, Amber Gray, I blanked on her name for a second, Amber Gray isn't with it anymore, I don't know what she's doing, but the thing that I think is funny about the Amber Gray thing that I want to point out is when I went in March 2020... Uh, Jewel Blackman at the time, she was one of the uh, the fates, and she was out when we went. And I saw, I don't know who the understudy was, I actually could look it up, but it was someone who did the role in drag, and I thought they were phenomenal. And I was not expecting that. It was really good. But then, my point is, this time I went, and <laughs> Jewel Blackman has moved up to the Persephone role, and Jewel Blackman was out again. So I had a different oh. understudy. But I thought our understudy... So I, I, my point is, I'm just never going to see her perform. But I thought my <laughs> understudy for Persephone was fantastic. I was like, wow. Like, I was not as big on the guy they had to replace... They replaced Andre de Shields with his Hermes. I mean, he was good. Like, all these people are phenomenal performers. I'm not... not, not all of these people are so talented. I was just like... I kind of wish... Uh, is it Lilia's White who's the role now? I think that would have been cool to see now. Yeah, people, um, I really, I don't know her in my usual I- ignorance about a lot of this, but people are really excited about her. Yeah. Well, I mean, I keep telling you that I know you are, like, cannot really see Broadway shows, but you really should, like, when you have the, the cash to spend 40 bucks or whatever the lottery is, you should just start entering the lottery when you have free time because I really think it's a phenomenal show that, to be real, if uh, Lilia's wife doesn't turn around the sales, it will probably close sooner than later because I've heard it's bottom five of Broadway pretty consistently now, which is kind yeah. of funny. So you really should like, you gotta see it, Mark. I know it's a lot of money, but it is like, well, yeah, the best. It sure. is like, <laughs> I just yeah, I I'll get. it I know done. you listen to it, but yeah, yeah, I'll get it done. But then cats. Then we watched cats. <laughs> then we watched cats. I still <laughs> think the funniest part. I mean. I was actually really surprised in good ways by cats. I think the funniest part still is that we didn't like my my speaker on my laptop, so we plugged it into my gigantic bass amp. So we had like, <laughs> we had, like THX cats experience. <laughs> well, that's what we did for uh, Prince of Egypt as well when we watched it for this podcast. And I noticed Prince of Egypt, there was a little bit of distortion at points, but with cats, it's like, yeah, give me that distortion. Make this make this movie seem court cursed. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've dropped this take before on the podcast. I'm sure I will drop it again, like, probably pretty soon. Wink, wink to Mark. Um, but Cats is a, uh, four out of five movie in my book. I think it is actually really good. Uh, it is bad. But the thing is, people want to say it's so bad it's good. I, I disagree. It is such a unique flavor of bad that it has to be considered good. It is so, it's such a singular experience that I have to, like, be like, no, yeah, you have to watch this. And honestly, I, I... I've seen it once a year since it's come out. See, it's, and it's 
I don't. I'm not tired of it. Every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, this is a good movie. I'm like, is Cats mm-hmm. good? Yeah, it is. I remember the first time I saw it, I gave it like a three out of five. Actually, funny story. The first time I saw it, I saw it opening day at like 11 a.m. because I used to do that because my job starts at two, so I could go to a movie at 11 a.m. and then go to my job right after. And I remember I took a picture of the AMC from outside where there's like the giant IMAX logo, and I'm like. About to see one of the biggest movies of the year. And I don't know if you remember, Cats came out the same day as Rise of Skywalker. Um, wow. So I, so I took that picture, sent it to my Snapchat story, and then when I went inside, I took a picture of the marquee for Cats, like in front of the theater, like as the joke. But I, it did not send until after the movie. So when I left the movie, I opened Snapchat. I see I have like three snaps to me from people I know. They're like, what'd you think of it? I didn't like it. And I'm like, wow, damn, everyone saw Cats. I'm like, oh, no, they all think I saw Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it was like no i saw cats it was great <laughs> no. How do you well no I, it? I gave cats three out of five i've seen cats twice in theaters how do you rewatch it because you've you kind of prepped me for it saying the beginning is not as is i think jellicles is less, fun yeah but, jellicles but you, for rum tum tugger is bad fun but then it becomes good but like the opening is really rough or it just not your favorite part of it well so you okay watch it like knowing that you don't skip through that well, I mean, you usually rewatch it because you're showing it to someone else. Like, first time I oh, watched it, you just show I, someone cats once a well, year. Well, no, 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 okay, okay. So the, I can break down every viewing. First, I watched it in theaters, opening day. I remember laughing hysterically at the ending when Judy Dench is staring right at my soul. Then, a full <laughs> year later, for the bad movie gift exchange, which I'm sure will come up when either Luke Hayden or Drew Hayden come on to guest star. But anyway, so Luke or Drew Hayden, uh, for our bad movie exchange, because every Christmas we exchange, we give each other bad movies. Last year I got the Rob Schneider new direct-to-video Christmas movie called Pups Alone, which is Home Alone, but Rob Schneider voices a puppy instead. <laughs> it's in live action. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't clarify, it's a live action movie. Uh, hmm. I gave one of them cats, and we were immediately like, all right, let's watch this right now. <laughs> let's go get some wine and watch this right now. So in that case, you know, you have to watch all of it. Like, you're showing it to them. Then mm-hmm. 2021, I went to the Rowdy screening where, as I've mentioned before, I don't know if I'm like, but people thanked me after the movie for being there <laughs> because <laughs> me and my group, uh, they all thanked us for being there because they're like, they, at one point, I think it was, because, you know, I'd sing along to some of the songs, like uh, Jellicles are, you have to sing along, like, you have to sing along if you know the song. But then when I started going like, uh, how's see it's one of those songs where I can't just jump in the middle of it but it's like um it's like Jellicles, at least we have no no not that one not that one I'm saying like when I start singing follow me home if you want to we only have beautiful the Taylor Swift song when I started singing the Taylor oh, Swift like no the original song one. well but I know it <laughs> that's what yeah. the point is I know it <laughs> so when I start singing along to it they're like how do you know this isn't even in the Broadway <laughs> show <laughs> I'm like, I, I've seen this movie. They're like, and they go, someone goes, and then go like, how many times have you seen this? And I just yell back, too many times. <laughs> <laughs> they need to do another one of those. I'm mad. The Alamo, we're in a year. Well, That'd no, be a great thing it. to do on Christmas. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Um, no, but the Alamo Draft House, that's a side tangent. I'm not going to go down that, but we're getting an Alamo Draft House soon here, which annoys me. But the reason it annoys me is because they're doing a Cats Rowdy screening. <laughs> well, actually, it's kind of funny. They're doing it in the zoo to celebrate their opening, but, like, parents don't, un- like, people don't understand what the Alamo Draft House is because it's the zoo that's, like, marketing it. So they're like, 
why are they showing cats for a bear? Like, why can't they show a good movie? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, a rowdy screening in a zoo is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to force that on people. I mean, I because I work sometimes in a zoo to to make some cash. The Bronx Zoo has a lot of event spaces which are shut off for the animals, so you're not like in the middle of everything, you know. Yeah, but still, like, if you want to do a cat's ride, you shouldn't do it at your feeder. But also, let's just do it here. Speaking of which, by the way, an oversight tangent. I am so hyped. The music box is finally showing Malignant next month. <laughs> I am ready Good. for that. Rowdy screening of Malignant. <laughs> it's only at 9.30, but I've already decided I'm going to call off work in the morning so I can go to it. Because it's like, I will get it. I get out. And I also want to be I want to be a little little drunk when I'm watching Malignant with a rowdy audience. <laughs> and I, I, I can't wait. I'm so hyped to watch Malignant. If a, cr- a crowded audience that gets it. Because I remember I saw that opening weekend and I was the only person on the wave. So I, I saw it in the theater and it was not crowded. I was the only person on this wavelength in the theater. Everyone else was like, what was that? And I was like, that was great. You want to do games? But yeah, that was my, that was oh, my sorry, New York go trip. On, go on. No, I was just writing That was my New York trip. And yes, we should play games. Time to play the game! All right. Uh, the Letterbox game. Uh, as you probably know, if you're a, list, a regular listener to this podcast, which I assume you are, because we're covering a short film right now, not really a popular we have no guests. Though. We're covering a short film. Uh, yeah, but you know, I'll still explain it. Letterbox tells you what algorithmically the movie is most similar to. I give Mark the first five movies. He gets two guesses. After the second guess, he gets wrong. He gets the year, and then he gets two additional movies, and then after that, he loses. We do three rounds. All right, you ready for your first five movies? First round. Yep. Films are. Earth versus the Flying Saucers, The Day the Earth Stood Still, The Thing from Another World, Skyline, Independence Day. War of the Worlds. Which one? The uh, old one. Uh, from 1953? Whichever was the one you watched on Snub Yes, Club. yes it is that yeah, one. That's... I had to, re- to remove the Spielberg War of the Worlds. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the other two I would have given you would have been Invaders from Mars and... They, they, they are still of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I think I would have gotten so, yeah. that anyway, though. Yeah, I'm I figured this the Spielberg War of the Worlds. All right, yeah, I figured that one would be quick. <laughs> but that's, I think, the only easy one I have for you. So, okay? Ah, okay. Should we move right on? Yeah. Films are The Prodigy, Case 39, Hide and Seek, Hereditary, The Sixth Sense. I don't think I know The Prodigy. Or case thirty. Funny thing about the prodigies, I still don't know what it is, but I guarantee you it has popped up for horror movies on this one before. So I guess it's just an inexplicably like, mo- like a movie probably people on Letterbox put in their watch list but never actually watch. How many views does it have? You you've like watched oh, yeah. more horror movies in the past amount of time we've been making this podcast than I'd like knew you were even into. Yeah, I mean, I, I like. I mean, it's also <laughs> we're coming on to spooky season soon, so gotta get some horror. In, I'm so right? excited. Ah, uh, all right. Did you watch the original Ring? The original is in the Japanese one. Like the Japanese one? No, and the Japanese Ring is not in the top twenty-five. So it would be malignant, but that would probably be my guess, or maybe you're. I mean, in all honesty, I'm not saying if it is or not, but it would not be unusual for me to rewatch *Malignant*, then see the music box is showing it and going, "Ah, I'll see it to get the music box anyway." Yeah, that's why *Doom Evil* did too <laughs> earlier yeah. this year. Did you watch Insidious? No, I did not. Uh, is Insidious in this top 25? Uh, it does not look like it is, which 
Yeah, no insidious. All right. So the year the movie came out is 2009. 2009. So I was in grade school and not... I mean, it's probably like this. This is my, you know, movie rental experience. You always like looking at those DVD covers when they came out. Is it is it like The Exorcism of Emily Rose or something? Mm, no, and The Exorcism of Emily Rose is not in the top twenty-five. The next film you get is The Babadook. Yeah, I'm just like that. Seems like a movie from my youth. None of these have. You just remind me of when Billie Eilish performed at the Oscars, like for In Memoriam, and she's like. My favorite childhood movie watching growing up was The Babadook. And I'm just like, that was 2014! You can't say that's your childhood movie! <laughs> Billie Eilish is like 19. I think um, she's older now. I think she was 19 when she said that. You know, I- I'll look it up right now. Because I feel like since the pandemic I mean, happened, a lot of these... Ap- well, I'm just saying, a lot of these famous people's <laughs> ages just freeze. Uh, like when the pandemic began, so I feel like she is not you that young anymore. <laughs> yeah, she's like our age. No, okay, she's twenty. She's twenty. So okay. she. It, wow, so you're yeah. totally right because she definitely froze in my head as an eighteen-year-old, <laughs> and then I was like, "Well, I'll throw a year on there because it's been a while." Yeah. <laughs> this is not the right year, but was it Saw? No, and Saw is not in the top twenty-five. All right, so I'll give you your final movie, and then I'll do the recap. Your last movie is Oculus. So, it's a film from 2009, and the seven related films are The Prodigy, Case 39, Hide and Seek, Hereditary, The Sixth Sense, The Babadook, Oculus. Was it uh, The Lady in the Lake? Do you mean Lady in the Water? Or Lady yeah, in whichever water? one is the M. Night Shyamalan one. You're guessing an M. Night movie even though I said Sixth Sense. Are you sure you wanted to guess that? Whoops. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm helping you now. I just saved you there from a dumb final answer. <laughs> this is the conj- I, I'm, I'm really like, a lot of horror movies came out since I was aware of them happening. I mean, I didn't see, 13. I'll be honest, I didn't see this movie in 2009. This is the first time I've seen this movie. Haunted House. Is it the Amityville horror remake? No, it's not. Okay. Also, I just say, in my mind, when people say the Amityville Horror remake, I just think, you mean The Conjuring? Because, like, it's those same characters. Yeah. Um, Alright, you just want to know it? Yeah. So, as I do often on this podcast, sequels come out, and I want to catch up on the first one. So this is the original Orphan. Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about that. Okay. It's a good movie. I need Very to good watch movie. You, I need to watch that. Let me, let yeah, me it's very messed up. I... It's kind of honestly watching because I thought I assumed it was like you know a movie like studios dumped in October without much marketing, but then I looked it up and it came out in, like the Conjuring slot like in mid July as like the summer horror movie. I'm like, it's that's crazy because this movie is really messed up at points. And this was like, yeah, we're pushing this. This is our big horror movie this summer. I read the description doing one of my Wikipedia read about horror movies things, and I. Is it worth watching if I know what happens? I knew the twist. Okay. Then, yeah, well, there, that's honestly, but that's the what best I will say. What I will say, though, is if you watch the sequel, avoid the twist. Because the discovery of... Okay, okay. What let the me hell does way. that mean? So, no, no, no. Okay. Both movies have a twist. The Orphan twist, I think, has kind of come like the sixth sense. I'm not going to say it on this podcast in case the people yeah, listening haven't heard no it. One, no, but, I don't think enough people but, know the Orphan twist. Don't say it. Okay, but... I also think a lot of people do know it and talk about it. Like, I'm not... Su- but the new Orphan movie is new, so you can still pretty avoid it if you can't. And I think 
Orphan is a well-made movie regardless. I think Orphan First Kill, which is what the new one is called, is more dependent on the shock value of the twist because it comes on way earlier in the story that you should just watch Orphan First Kill completely blind. Huh. But okay. by that I mean it's a separate twist from the first one, and it is, you can't watch Orphan First Kill without watching the first one because the twist is spoiled in the first minute of the first one. It's a separate twist in Orphan First Kill. Man, but I, need to check I recommend out. both. The first is better though. Original yeah. 2009 Orphan is better. You ready for the last one? Yes. All right. Death Sentence. Robocop. Cobra. Dread. The Punisher. Wow. Hard hard to think of a movie that's like The Punisher that you didn't name. I think you will I don't think you'll um blank on this one. You might take a while to get there, but I don't think you're going to blank on it. Was it Dirty Harry? No. And uh Dirty Harry is not in the top 25. Um Okay, wait. Can I just I'm going to give you like, this isn't a this this will be a hint, but I won't count for you. Yeah. But low in the top 25 is this movie called Harry Brown that I'm looking at. It, and is it like a British remake of Dirty Harry? Because it's got Michael Caine <laughs> going on a revenge thriller. I'm very confused by it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. Is, is it a British <laughs> remake of Dirty Harry? <laughs> they call him like Grimy Harry. Because I was looking and I'm like... Is this like a legacy sequel? I'm unaware because it came out in 2009. And I click it's like, oh, nope, that's Michael Caine right there. <laughs> um, is it Logan? Not in the top 25. The year is 1979. The Long Goodbye? No, that's not in the top 25. I'm going to give you next film. I'm going to tell you right now, dude, if, we, if you completely fail this, you're going to feel really dumb. But your okay. next film is the RoboCop remake. I got nothing. In 79? Was it yeah, The Warriors? No, and The Warriors is not in the top 25. So the final film you get is Assault on Precinct 13. And I don't know if that movie was remade or not, but this is the original one. So it's a film from 1979. The seven films you got were Death Sentence, Robocop, Cobra, Dread, The Punisher, The Robocop Remake, and Assault on Precinct 13. Was it Walter Hill's Drive? I just cannot think of this. It's not that spot. You got it wrong, not in top 25, but this is a rare opportunity where you get the bonus guess, because now I reveal that I had to remove three films from the original top five, which means there's either a franchise or a director that made very similar movies to this. I mean, it's not the first Terminator. Is it? Is it Indiana Jones? You so you're guessing Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. No, wrong. Raiders of the Lost Ark is not top 25. Now, Mark, I will... Reveal this in a way of asking you, um... But the network and Taxi... Like, Network came out that year. That's the only thing I can think of. Network did not come out in 1979. Network came out in 76. Um... Oh. What happened? <laughs> I thought 79 was, like, the big Oscar year. Because I almost thought no, Taxi that's 76. Driver, but I feel like no, that's you're 80s. Thinking seven, no, Taxi Driver is 76 as well. Um, because that's the year of ta Rocky wins. Huh, Maybe it's well 75. Now. It's definitely before 79. It's pre-Star Wars. So, Mark, in the last month, in movie theaters... What auteur released a movie that bombed really badly? That bombed? Yeah. Um, oh, was it Mad Max? Yeah, it's Mad Max. And I had to remove okay. Mad War Road Warrior, Fury Road, and Beyond Thunderdome from the top three. That does not count as a... That was not an extra hint. That was just me revealing it in a way. Yeah, yeah I watched Mad Max. Mad Max. Which, 
whatever. <laughs> yeah, I hear that it doesn't really get to be Mad Max until like two or three. Uh, no, two is the one I know everyone says they love. I think the vehicular chaos that happens in it is very Mad Max. And it opens with a fantastic car chase, but then it is really boring for the next 80 minutes of movie until the end where there's other cool car chases. But like, mm. yeah. I, I, I look forward to eventually whenever I watch, I watch The Road Warrior, because I hear The Road Warrior is the one that's like... Fury Road is like kind of a remake of The Road Warrior, I always hear. But like, The Road Warrior is still good. All right. So for so my game was, 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 wait, 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 hold on, I want to make one more comment. It's like, uh, this was a rough week for you, buddy. Sorry. Because the only one you got quick I'm was really the one that's because you listened to a podcast. <laughs> that's why we keep it around. The guests are better than you. <laughs> we should tell the guests that. It's like, you want to keep Mark as a phone or friend? Be aware. Mark is not good at this game. <laughs> He's a liability. <laughs> I, I think I, I actually do really well when the person is well. Not because I cheat, but just, I don't know what it is, but I really <laughs> get on the wavelengths. If someone's doing say, well. The call you have from a couple weeks ago. About a month ago, I guess, at this point. is uh, I was driving home and I was listening to, because we're recording this today, it dropped back to the uh, Iron Giant episode where you're guessing uh, Tanner's like, I think it's a Star Wars movie for Rogue One. So you're like, yeah, but you know, I think that he's getting ready for Prey. So he watched Aliens. And I'm just like, it's not, it's not the same franchise, Mark. It is, it is though. I even say that it's in the, the same episode. Cinematic. Like, yeah, I know. You say same... it's the same why I why would I just watch Predator two or why would I watch Predators like I don't I mean I don't there think are plenty Predator of Predator movies great. I haven't seen I don't the point is I don't know I've Predator only seen one slow. Predator movie so shouldn't I watch another Predator movie before I watch Prey instead of rewatching the Aliens movies I've seen perhaps that I'm just makes pointing more out sense. like that like that, that's that's like a prime example of Mark what are you doing to me sorry Mark <laughs> I'm telling you man this is not my bag but. <laughs> I try. I'm really here to make other people feel good. All right. Game of list this week. I wanted a silly one this week. Talking about For the Birds. So I originally was like, all right, let me, let me like look up some bird things. Here's what I found. Do you remember the 2016, Os- 2016 Oscars? Do you remember the okay. 2016 Oscars? Do you mean, okay, here's what I hate to, this is going to be really annoying, but do you mean the year... Does the ceremony in 2016, or are we talking about the year where the 2016 films were acknowledged? Good question. I'm talking <laughs> about the ceremony in 2016. Yeah, the one where Fury Road should have won uh, Best Director, and it didn't. That one, yeah. All right. Also, so, that was the year I threw a chair in the, uh, the lounge bar <laughs> of, our, of the, the dorms. And wait, we got scared. I remember that, but like, why did you do that? What happened? Because Sylvester Stallone didn't win Best Supporting Actor for Creed. Oh my god, I remember that, and everyone was like, "What are you? What are you doing?" And I, I remember, I feel like that was a legit. I don't know. People were lame, man. They should have gone with that. It was funny. It was a good bit. So, anyway, 2016 Oscars. I'm sure you know a lot about them. I just yes. maybe remember some things. <laughs> what you may not know is the amount of birds that were in each movie nominated for what? Best picture. <laughs> so All right. So Okay, all right. So let me oh, let, let me give this to you. So uh on Audubon.org. Um <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're just like, so I found this list on Wikipedia. I found this list on IDB. This week we're going to Audubon. <laughs> no. Um, Nicholas Lund, who's a contributing writer, back in 2016, February, wrote about the Best Picture Oscars from a birding perspective, and he okay. listed the films in order of bird representation. 
Okay. So I'm going to ask you questions about this. First off, 2016 Oscars, do you kind of remember those movies or should I kind of do a quick uh, rundown? I can, like, can, I, can I guess them? How many noms are there? Sorry, let me open this up. I should have prepared this. I will say while you're loading it up, 2016 Oscars is the year I always point to as like, that's the year where I actually like all the movies nominated except one, which is unusual. Usually I hate like a vast majority of the Best Picture nominations, but I like every single movie nominated besides one. This is actually, I, I think it's a good, I might, like, I, might be, I might be there with you that I had a strong feelings about this one too. Because like the ones that are like, like the second to last one I know is in my book, The Martian, but I still like The Martian. <laughs> like, it's just like, I, it's, it's fun. Like, it's not great, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. There were eight. Like, Noms. All right. So I already said The Martian. The worst one is The Revenant. We just talked about Mad Max Fury Road. Room was my other five out of five in that lineup. Spotlight one. Uh, the Big Short is another one I really like in there. Uh, now I got to think of the other ones I really like because <laughs> these are the I, I've just named all the ones that are like sticking out in my head as big movies. Because uh, those are the ones that like I felt like had a shot. So I need two more. One I think you'll get. One I don't think you'll get, but I remember it now that I've seen it. I'm sure I'm missing a biopic of some kind in there. Is no, you're not. Oh, I'm not. Okay, good. So that that actually helps me a lot because I was like, oh, what what mediocre biopics came out that I probably liked at the time? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, can what, I give you a hint? They both wait, wait, start wait, wait. with B. B. Bridge of Spies. Duh, because Mark Rylance wins yep. Best Actor. You know, it's it's a good movie, but yeah, whatever. Uh, and I already said Big Short. So what was the ever B nom? Boyhood. Can I give it before. to you? Because you'll never get it. Can I have another? What did it win any awards? If it won, tell me if it won an award. And if it did, which award it won? Then I can tell you. Okay? I'm gonna tell Please. you. I'm, no, 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 Please, no, no. just I'm tell not, me it won an award. Just, oh, let me. Okay, let me see if it. Please. I want to see an award it won because then I'll be on your subclub lists. It won the BAFTA award for best British film, and it did not win any Academy awards. Okay, well, let me read British. you the let me read you the dis, let me read you the synopsis of this film and let me see if you can guess the name of it. The Belfast. plot follows close. No. The <laughs> plot follows Eilis Lacey, a young Irish woman who emigrates. Brooklyn, I love Bro- Brooklyn. Wow. Like a movie. It's not a okay. subclub movie. I, I'm pretty sure it's not a subclub movie. I would love Fantastic. it to be. I'm pretty sure there's another one from that year. I mean, I might be wrong. It could be Brooklyn. Maybe I'm just saying this to hedge my backs because I want Caleb to be surprised on every movie we cover. But I'm well. The, the sure. answer to this is Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Well, I don't know. It's not, and now I'm like, is it? But yeah, Brooklyn's a good movie. I love Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I remember being so surprised I got nominated for Best Picture, and then I watched it. I was like, oh yeah. Like if people watch this movie, they're gonna love it. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you right. seen Brooklyn? No. It seems. It Brooklyn. seems very much. I did. I did just watch Flight, and Brooklyn seems like one of those solid, you know, movies. Put it on. Let's hang out. Kind of thing, so I probably wouldn't mind it, but I just there's nothing to draw me to it. All right. So, all right. So, so now we're questions. We <laughs> Spotlight, Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, Martian, Revenant, and Room. All right. So, which two films had no birds in them? No birds. Well, no bird calls. Bird calls. There are no bird sounds in this in these two movies. I'm gonna go with Brooklyn because it takes place in New York, uh, and I'm gonna go with the Big Short because I think the only birds in it are pigeons. Uh, Wait, can I change Brooklyn to Spotlight? Yes. Okay. All right. Incredibly, you got Spotlight right. There are no bird sounds in Spotlight, and there are also no bird sounds in Bridge of Spies. Huh. Um, I would have assumed like at the end when he's like walking through the city, there's like you know some birds that like just fly up as he walks by them. You know. 
Or, I mean, I was going to say I Brooklyn. Sh- I know you haven't seen Brooklyn, but Brooklyn has like scenes on like the coast. So I'm like, no, those probably have bird sounds in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's funny because he, he says Brooklyn had a good number of birds singing away. There were gulls calling on the boat trip from Ireland to the U.S., etc. Uh, he says that Brooklyn is one of the films that has a very good use of bird sounds. What is the other film with a very good use of bird sounds? The Revenant. It's gotta be The Revenant. It's gotta, that's the only one of these movies that stands out to me as a birding movie. It's not The Revenant? It's not The Revenant. I'm gonna give that, I'm gonna say that one's incorrect, um, because all of the bird sounds are wrong. Oh. So that got a strike from I, I think the writer for the Audubon Society. That I think it's gonna be, weirdly enough, The Big Short, because I think The Big Short probably uses bird sounds in some of its weird kind of ways. Correct. Nothing incorrect, but nothing particularly impressive either, uh, writes Mr. Lund. If I don't know why answers, I was like, no, dang, no. being harsh. And now, what, according to this article, I can't believe this is correct, but like, whatever. Uh, what is the only film that has the name of a bird in its script? Well, you said you can't believe it's right, so that, I'm going to rule out The Revenant. Can I can I narrow it? Can I just say what I'm thinking between, and then I'll figure it out. Yeah, sure. I'm thinking between Spotlight, The Big Short, and The Martian. Um, I'm gonna go with The Martian because I feel like it's something like maybe Donald Glover says, like when he's like, "Here's what I think." Like, you know, he comes into this science thing, he like makes these like, weird comparisons. I'm gonna go with The Martian. Well, uh, no, it is not The Martian. <laughs> Where am, am I ever too right? Uh, no, no. Spotlight, Spotlight <laughs> is the one with no birds and all. <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait. I thought you said in the script they yeah, say no, the name of a bird. Okay, I thought okay, you meant okay. like in dialogue they were like saying, like talking about birds. You're I right. I could see you're Spotlight right. being brought up in dialogue. Here's here's thing. my thing, and here's the answer, and then you'll remember it and you'll be like, oh, that's actually correct and interesting. So the answer is the only one to use it in the script is Mad Max, because they talk about the crows when they go to that uh, that place at yeah. night. So that yeah, was a good, right. that was good bird representation. I remembered, because that's why I knew that one had birds in it, because I remembered that area, but I didn't remember the line for some reason. Yeah, all right. So that was the game of lists. Fantastic. Wow, both Mad Max Fury Road adjacent this week. Yeah, I was very pleased. Great movie. What are we What are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about, <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Sully? No, not yet. Should that birds? I should, I should put that down as, as like. <laughs> Sorry, if you've seen Sully, you'd get it. Oh, and well, repeat I, that I, sequence over and I over again. Remember it now. Birds. <laughs> we should ask if Sully has good bird representation. <laughs> the birds died multiple yeah. times. <laughs> I should float in July. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. For the birds, short film directed by Ralph Eggleston, who recently passed away. Uh, it won the Oscar for animated short film in 2001 which means it won the oscar before being presented with monsters inc no okay i'm wrong no it won the same night as monsters inc did however it was released into festivals beforehand which is why we're covering it two episodes before monsters inc rather than right before monsters inc so i don't don't really know how to really break it down as i've Um, seen mark beforehand the wikipedia plot description for it is about as long as most feature films plot descriptions I, so. I have a place to start. I mean, I think I've seen this movie more than I've seen Monsters, Inc. So there's there's something in that, maybe. I don't know why that would be. But, I, you know, and I might be confusing it with that um, Sesame Street bit where they ask how many birds can sit on the wire. 
yeah, I, feel I, I like, can't yeah, help this, but feel like that draws from that somehow. This feels but. very Sesame Street, I'd agree. I don't, like, I don't, like, it's something where it's like, I could talk about my memories of this movie, because that's the point of this podcast, but it's like, you know... This is one <laughs> Whatever, of, let's well, not Well, no, that. no, it is, it's one of the ones where it's like, you know, we talked about this between Luxo Jr. Luxo Jr. is the one you fast-forward through on the, uh, D, the thing, uh, and I will definitely talk about this more when we talk about Monsters, Inc., but Monsters, Inc. was the first one I had on DVD, so I never had to watch this before the movie, because it was on DVD. I remember seeing it in theaters. I actually remember the last time I saw this was during um, October 2020, where I was, quote, I'm, I'm deriding myself, but also get why people would be annoyed at me for this. But I went back to the theaters very early because I was like, no one's here at these movie theaters anyway, and I'm wearing a mask. Um, and Disney did all these re-releases. So I saw, I rewatched, uh, I remember, I, first one was obviously Empire Strikes Back, I saw. Then I saw um, Coco in theaters again. Because around Halloween, they put out a lot of stuff. They put out Coco, which I saw for what... I think that was, like, the eighth time in theaters I saw it, or ninth time. I don't remember how I'm... Whatever one I'm at right now. I don't know if I'm at eight times or nine times. I'd have to look it up. Um, so I saw Coco. I saw Hocus Pocus for the first time. And then I saw Monsters, Inc. And they still had this attached to Monsters, Inc. I remember being pissed off that... Because uh, I remember I saw it after they announced that Soul was going to Disney+. Plus. I'm like, I can watch Monsters, Inc. in the theater right now! Why can't you put Soul here? <laughs> but, and I'm like, Monsters, Inc.'s first free on Disney+. Plus. Why can't you put Soul in the theaters? Um, yeah, that was probably the last time I watched this was before Monsters, Inc. at the movie theater. When I was rushing to get to the theater in time, and I was like, ah, I got to sit for this short anyway. I kind of but, forgot yeah. about it until I rewatched it now, and I actually do have something recently that colors my viewing experience um pretty recently to the recording of this um one of my my family's parrots died and and i mean it was a pretty big deal because she'd been around like longer than i had been alive and it was also like just one of the longest pets we were around so it's kind of one of those like the house is is empty or things like that and so watching this uh, to prep for this episode was a little bit like, whoa, I haven't watched a bird thing in a few days or something like that. But then the other the other part of that is is like, I don't know if we've talked about this in all these animated creatures that we've had episodes about, but I have a really hard time watching birds and things. I have a really hard time because I feel like this this like intense sympathy towards them. So even if they're cartoons, it's like I don't want their feathers to like comically be blasted off when the wire trips up or anything like that like i have the same thing I can't... sorry go it's, on I don't, it is I don't... Come... i'm not saying they don't deserve it i'm just saying it's interesting that i i don't i don't know if it's because i grew up with birds or whatever i have the opposite response when i'm watching whales I'm terrified of whales. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really this isn't a bit about... This isn't like a long Darren bit to get to the Darren Aronofsky movie. movie. I'm just talking about like... I watch different animals on screen and regardless of whatever the plot is, I have this like deep emotional... I have this intense emotional response. So I'm just watching these birds being jerks to each other and I'm like... Nuh. I think especially if we want to talk about this film technically, it's because the, the little guys, I don't know if this comes from Al in a direct relationship kind of way, but they're very animated. I really liked the acting in this one. So I had the mix of being in awe of it, and then as soon as I turned it on, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so full of feelings and stuff while we listened to Herbie Han, not Herbie Hancock, uh, 
Dave Brubeck and watch these birds be mean. It's such a it's such a chill short, and yet it won best animated short, and it just comes before Monsters Inc. But there's really nothing, not a lot I think to it's it, boring. except it's just very clean. I think it's boring. really. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of this. Do you think it drags? I think it drags. I don't think it's really ever funny. It's kind of a simple moral tale. The funniest thing about it is that all the birds sound like squeaky toys. And that's really what this thing reminds me of. It reminds me of dog squeaky toys. And at the end, it's like, oh, Angry Birds. Like, and I know this predates Angry Birds by so much. But it's just like, uh. you don't and, You don't think when the one bird's, uh, like, eyes gets really big, that's not hilarious? Well, that's what, no, that's what makes me think about squeaky toys. Like, it, it looks like a squeaky toy. Like, it's just being squeaked by a squeaky toy. Um, what I was going to say is, I guess this is, like, one of my, I don't know if it's a, it's not even controversial. It's just, like, a weird opinion I have. It's like, I get that you're trying to make, like, this ugly design, but it's like, it is an ugly design, and I don't like it. Like, I don't know, like, are you implying this is the same species of these horror birds? Because it does not look like it at all, even though they're the exact same color. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry, Ralph Uggleston. Uh, I like your concept art more, but I am, I've am i never been a fan of this short. And that's another reason, like, I never, I remember singing, even as a kid, I was like, I didn't, I don't think I laughed at this. I was like, okay, like... The joke is, the final joke is too telegraphed way before. I do have something I could talk about with it besides Angry Birds and, like, Squeaky Toys. This doesn't work for me. <laughs> like, mm. as a short, to me, it just never has worked for me. And it still wanted, doesn't work for me. I wanted to pull up Ralph Eggleston's page and just see, just kind of poke around. He doesn't really, he doesn't really have a lot of leading positions. I mean, he's, his biggest thing was the production designer for Inside Out. He doesn't have a lot. I mean, he, he's. I mean, he's in every. He's do. He's got hands in everything, but he's. Uh, he's not someone that we're gonna. I mean, he also come up. Let's be real. Again, I mean, you know, do you see what else he production does? It's not like only Inside Out. He did Finding Nemo and Wally as well. Well, I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He <laughs> oh, did like. Well, 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 well did I'm just saying. Like, For some reason, Wikipedia only mentions Inside Out won an award. Um, it looks like the last one. I he think the coolest thing is character designer on ratatouille those guys mm. rocked oh yeah you're right he got an annie for inside out so that makes sense but it's like he was pretty heavily involved with all these main like monsters inc nemo incredibles cars like the toy story through opera and he was heavily involved with a pixar and then he worked on inside out and incredibles 2 as well which is cool also, honestly, being production designer on Incredibles too, that's a good uh, final like production design credit. There's some cool houses in that movie, <laughs> like some really cool sets in that movie that are like yeah. are just like we want this to look cool, and it does look cool. Yeah, I uh, think production designer is one of the most underrated film. Also, in Inside Out, let's be real, the Inside Out production design is also really cool too. Like mm -hmm. more cool of, houses. Yeah, well, I wasn't even thinking about the house. I was thinking about like, oh, that's the headquarters place, you know. Or, like, that's what the cave looks like. That's what the dream production area looks like. Well, uh, this gets back to my issue with Inside Out not having any rules, so I don't really click with it. I haven't watched Inside Out like three years. I don't want to like, break it down right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, we'll get to it. We'll get to it when we both rewatch it. Um, but... Yeah, but, I mean, I think about this movie, about For the Birds, you know, it wasn't... We, we forget now that we have... We put, like, five guests back to back. But not too long ago, we were talking about whether or not these shorts even worked. Now, I think this whole narrative, I mean, it's there, even if it's its not your thing. It's there, but it's not entertaining enough to me. It's like, you finally have structured a good story for this that lasts a full four minutes, but the jokes aren't there. 
the entire humor of it. Okay, because here's the thing. Here's the other reason the ugly design doesn't work for me. It's because it's designed to be an ugly bird that we're supposed to root for, right? But the joke entirely is inherently that, like, look at how awkward this bird looks. So it's like, you want us to laugh at the bird, too. So how am I supposed to be like, oh, this bird really showed them when you're trying to make me laugh at how ugly it is anyway? Yeah, I do find the little little guys much more... I just care about them way more. Because also, this guy seems like an idiot. Like, I hate to be like that, but it's like, he just... Plops himself in the middle there when they clearly don't want him. He can just, I, 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 I think I'm sounding like I'm like, yeah, I just stay, stay in your corner. No one wants you here. But it's like, no, I mean, I kind of, I get what you're saying. <laughs> it's a, it's a wire. It doesn't matter if you're in the middle of the wire. Yeah. <laughs> they clearly don't want you there. They're being jerks to you. They're chanting he, at you to leave. Yeah, and he feels unperturbed really by being left out. Yeah. So just, it's not like it's not like he has a moment of like, oh no, they don't, they don't like me. He's just there to mess with them. If I remember right, so this is with Monsters, Inc. Knickknacks with Nemo. So the next one after this is... Inc- I might be wrong. I don't have the schedule for me. But the next one after this is Bounded, which I think is way better than this. If it if it is chronologically the next Pixar short, I think that is a huge improvement on this. Um, because... And I, I guess I can't really get into it now because we're, we're going to do a full episode on it. But it's like, that one also doesn't really have jokes, but it at least knows how to keep its tone to a place where it is always consistent. And thus, I'm more into it. But one thing I wanted to say about it, like, talking about my own life, is the one thing that makes me side with the ugly bird over the other ones is when... This is my pet peeve. I always tell the kids this at work. This is my absolute pet peeve. You want to know the number one thing you can do to make it so I don't take your suggestion, like, at work, like, if a kid wants to play a sport, a certain sport that's not on the schedule? Uh, yeah. Tell me. So... I don't know. one One of them just starts going, can we play dodgeball? Dodgeball! Dodgeball! Dodgeball. I'm like, all right, that's not oh. happening this week. I hate it. I hate it. Like, I literally will tell kids, I'm like, it's, I might, I like, I legit, if I'm offered, because that happens actually a lot at my job, is like, I'm offered to Danny, just run whatever sport you want. And I will take suggestions from them. But if they, like, it'll be like, I'm like, I'll take three suggestions and we'll vote on them. And some kids will just start chanting, like, one of the suggestions. I'm like, all right, so now we've only two suggestions because I've said multiple times I hate that. So don't do it. Like, to be like, fair, I thought it's so disrespectful. Yeah. So as soon as... That's the time where I'm like, all right, I side with the ugly bird now that these other ones are chanting. So, like... Well, if we do some close textual analysis, you'll see that they're actually cheering on the birds, pecking at his toes, rather than trying to get anyone to do anything. It's much more... It's much more in support of something already happening than trying to have But it's way. like, peck, peck. At least that's... I guess I can't really imagine what these squeaky toys are saying, but to me, I'm like, I just hear... Peck, 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 peck. Like, at least, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't matter what they're actually saying. They're birds, but you know what I mean. Like, I just, yeah. I thought of it more as like a soccer chant. I don't know what they would be saying then. I don't like soccer chants, like, but I, I can't be too mad at soccer chants. It's like you're supporting whatever kid. But do you actually dislike it, soccer chants? I just dislike chanting. Period. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, this film, this film is not a not a good one. Good I wanted one to ask, did you notice? Um, chanting. You listen, you okay? So you know, I'm putting a reference by our podcast right now is when we we just put out our Snuggle Club episode about the Kane Mutiny, which I know you listened to, where I start talking for a little bit about aspect ratios and like Caleb and so it's kind of staring at me. We're like, yeah, I guess those are a thing. 
<laughs> I feel like that's what I bring up sometimes. I'm oh, bring up- yeah, that actually really surprised me. So for anyone who doesn't do the crossover thing on Danny's other podcast, he started talking about aspect ratios with his other hosts, and they were like, oh, well, whatever. And we've, like, talked on mic, I think, about, like, why we care about aspect ratios with Kevin and some other guys. I was just like, what do you show. mean What do you mean? But, you don't care about the 1.85 ratio being introduced? This is a yeah. huge deal. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, it's... I really struggle with that because I, I... Right now, I'm at a place where I'm thinking a lot about images being easy to repackage. So if you can center frame something and make it nice, I'm not always looking for that, like, Spielberg, Wes Anderson experience of using, like, all the edges of the frame because it just makes it hard for the film to travel outside of, like, the cinema, which is not my favorite place in the world, so... You don't like that place where Heartbreak feels good in a place like that? Well, despite their excellent marketing, I, you know, I just don't like going to the theater as I'm much. I'm so scared about the sequel. To Nicole Kidman? What are you talking yeah, they've, about? They've, Nicole Kidman has said they're working on a sequel ad. I'm like, I'm really, really worried. I'm really worried they're gonna ruin the magic. Although I did read someone point out, it's like, you guys are, you guys are worried about. It. You know, this ad's just literally gonna be her talking in the theater, and then Leslie Jones gonna be like, "Shh, I'm trying to watch the movie." <laughs> like that's literally gonna be the whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. That's probably what it will be. Well, that's that's a pr- that's a pretty good that's a pretty good place to take that ad. I thought it would be like. My, my my when you said sequel, I was like, oh, Nicole Kidman is gonna like reconnect with her daughter. I mean, or I think <laughs> she's gonna go to Paris. Real talk, the way to fix that ad, and I've always thought it's it, a great okay, ad. First, it is a great ad. There are little bits of it that bother me as a film geek. For example, like La La Land and Creed being shown the wrong aspect ratios in the ad, and also the color grading being off on Creed. Um, mm. But. The other thing that I think would make the ad better is not to redo the ad at all, but to swap out the movies with what you're watching. So, like, if you go see a kid's movie, it's, like, in animated, like, animated movies on the screen. Or if, like, Mm -hmm. you're watching a superhero movie, it's other superhero movies. I think that, like, you don't even need to redo the ad. You just need to swap in different movies. Because I remember they very briefly did that once with a shortened version that everyone was like, No! Go back to the full one! And they did. But it, like, had a Star is Born and Spider-Verse in it. And I'm like, yeah, like, show me, like... Like, when I see uh, Wakanda Forever, have them be, like, watching Avengers and Spider-Verse and, like, Man of Steel. Like, but, anyway, uh, all this to say, the reason I brought the aspect ratio thing is the other thing I feel like I bring up a lot uh, on this podcast is, like, the logos on a film. Which is, did you notice that this movie has the bizarrely, on Disney+, Plus? because I presume that's where you watched it, the bizarrely overlong full Disney intro and full Pixar intro instead of like the usually truncated versions that they put on the shorts. Well, I don't think Disney one is full, but they played the full Pixar logo, which is unusual. Did you watch this clip. on Disney Plus? Because I yeah. weirdly watched this on YouTube. Oh, well, on Disney Plus, they have the new Disney logo on it. And I wanted to know if you knew why it had the new Disney logo on it. But I guess you didn't watch the new Disney logo on it. If you watched it on YouTube, you probably watched. The classic Pixar CGI Disney logo. Old yeah, I felt CGI bad because I had this thought last night and then I was like, I'm watching it wrong, but I'm like, I need to get this done. I mean, you, you watched it fine. Like, it doesn't, does not matter. I'm just mm. talking about, like, uh, this movie was um, re-rendered, like Toy Story was re-rendered, because they wanted to put it out in 3D with Monsters, Inc. Which means mm. Monsters, Inc., if you watch it on Disney+, Plus, was probably also re-rendered. And Finding Nemo, because all, all of them had re-releases. 
And when they re-released them, they put the new Disney logo on them rather than the classic Disney logo. Like, the classic 90s and early 2000s Disney logo. So not the actual classic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did they re... Are you talking about, like, just when they re-released these in 3D? Or was the was this re-released... Are you talking about when you saw it, like, when you were, like, post-pandemic movie watching? I mean, I don't remember how I saw it. In th- I presume I watched the 3D DCP, because that's what in the most updated DCP they have. I didn't watch it in 3D, because... Mm-hmm. They were just like, yeah, we'll put up Monsters Inc. Now I'm sure you do now, that once. You know, now I'm like so curious, like what movie, what, what were the uh, repertory films I saw at AMC during the pandemic? I'm gonna look that up now because what else is that gonna be relevant on this other than the Coco episode, which I don't think I'm going to care to talk about. I mean, I guess I could talk about a. Uh, yeah, we might have a Monsters full episode Inc. out of Coco instead of this. Coco's probably nonsense. gonna. Coco's probably I mean, gonna be like a. Th- four-hour long coco and i'm not saying i'm not promising anything but coco Coco i can see being our longest episode so i'll be like no we can't not keep talking about this it's like the best movie ever Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna actually call the best movie ever but you know let me um oh man i'm thinking it really it reminds me of the session sesame street short so much it's hard for me not to see this as a remake of that yeah and i liked the little guys and you're right now rewatching it again i just don't have a whole lot nothing nothing it hasn't changed my life it, except that these images are burned into my brain like i often think of this as the sesame street short even though that's not what it is but yeah all right i I've... i think i will here's my one here's oh yeah you got you were looking up your repertory things uh yeah uh well empire strikes back as i said and i'm only saying the ones i saw at amc because the music box, obviously, I saw a lot of repertory screenings there, because that's just what I do. I saw, it looks like Empire Strikes Back, I saw Akira, I saw Hocus Pocus, Wow. I saw awesome. Annabelle, I saw the Michael Jordan IMAX documentary that was made in 2000, <laughs> uh, I saw Coco, I saw The Croods, I saw Monsters, Inc., oh, I saw The Conjuring, because I hadn't seen the original Conjuring in a theater, So when I hit November, that's when... The theaters shut down again in Chicago. Once I hit Mank, Mank is when theaters shut down again in Chicago. Because <laughs> uh, I remember I saw Can like I... five movies in the last week in theaters because I was like, I definitely like the movies are theaters are going to close soon. I wanted to say because I had one other thought about. Yeah. Okay. Birds. That was that was it. That was it. Um. So. Yeah. I just I think that Take Five is a weird piece. That's the jazz that's playing in the background. I think it's weird to have like a well-known jazz piece play because it's not like a deep cut. Well, like, did you see who did the music? Were. Did you see who did the music? Who? Riders in the Sky. Dave Brubeck. No, what? it says Riders in the Sky, which is... Um, well, all right, what, the, what do does you, that mean? Do you know who they are? Because they sang a song we no. talked about last week. And actually, we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Did I do this wrong because I watched it on YouTube? Am I talking about something that is nonsense? I have no idea what you're talking about. So I literally, I'm like, I, I don't know what credit you saw. I just know that the Would music... Would you mind if we... Do <laughs> you want me to pull up the YouTube version of For the Birds? Hold on. Do you... Hold on. I'm so sorry. Do you want to be pausing this? <laughs> just let me, let, me, let me open up For the Birds real quick on Disney+. Because what if I have real thoughts about something that I didn't watch? Yeah, I accidentally watched a re-audioed version of For the Birds. Oh my That's why gosh. I hated that. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, Mark, you're canceled. Well, 
since you mentioned them, and I had a whole other thing about the music planned, which was about why I don't think that the music that this YouTuber put under it was good. <laughs> um, I care about Riders in the Sky. I like, I like like a country group. Woody, that's why. If we come on, if we, we want to go back to talk about something that we didn't talk about with Julius, I actually we like should email. Older me we should email these guys portions. to see if they'll do an interview with us. <laughs> do they want to do our our opening? Whoa, looking for the ocean. Come on, gather around. Honestly, now I'm like, this, this is definitely who we should contact about being on our show. It's <laughs> the writers in the sky cast. They did an album called Monsters Inc. Scream Factory Favorites. All right. Yeah. It won Woody the Paul, Grammy. Too Slim, Joey the Cowpoke, Ranger Doug. All right, we got to email these guys and ask them to come on. And we'll be like, we will do an episode on your Grammy-winning album if you come on. We'll listen to your full album and we'll really just interview you about your experience with Pixar in general. That'd be so cool. You can cut out this whole side tangent if you want. I just really like... I don't yeah, like... Let's I do actually it. really like these things. Let's, I mean, I, whether we contact them or not, that's kind of its own thing. I mean, as I say many times, we need to get up to like 50 episodes before... But Riders in we the Sky won't be relevant people. anymore in 40 episodes. <laughs> yes, they will. They had a live-action animated children's television series starring Western comedy band Riders in the Sky. Uh, it's Whatever. It was on CBS in 1991. This is exactly the kind of thing that I would be curious about. All right. Well, I we'll, want to know about well, their Well, we'll ask them life. to come on to interview and Darla K. Anderson at some point <laughs> once we are established. Yeah. I don't know. If anyone wants to check them out, they're a novelty group. They're you got a mandolin, violin, bass, and an accordion in the pictures on Wikipedia. But yeah, I like I like that kind of thing. Shall we um do you have anything else that you wanna I do have an ending thing to say. Which is you know the one I have an ending thing too, so ours ours are gonna have to fight. Alright, well I'll just say mine because you liked it more than me and you can actually end. It's the one part of this I really laughed at was somehow it took me till this watch to realize, huh, at the end of this a bird shits on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like all right great yeah i i did think that was actually funny because it's like if you didn't like this then it's like oh, well. like <laughs> take that <laughs> it's just very mean yeah that's all i really had to add was yeah there's poop yeah. at the end of it all right well if we had to recommend this uh to anyone else i have something that i would use to recommend it if you're okay with that, Danny. I mean, sure. I'm not going to do a special thing for this because it's not a movie. But go. You, you're allowed to go ahead. Oh, I just, I just thought sometimes we could do ratings and you know. I mean, I would just give I it. Guess we only I did, would give it the end credit of just the bird poop that has the end carved into it. I'll be like, yep, that's the best part. So you only have to watch the end. All right. Well, mine, mine. I think you know maybe we can end the episode with with my rating. Maybe you can help me with it. What is it? All right. Well, let me tell you. We come to this place for magic. We come to AMC theaters to <laughs> laugh, laugh, to cry, cry to care. Because we, because need, we need, need that. All of us. All of us. That, that indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim and we go somewhere we've never been before. before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn together. Dazzling images, images on a beautiful silver, silver screen. screen. Sound that I sound can, that I can feel. feel. Somehow, Somehow 
heartbreak feels, heartbreak feels good, good in, in a, a place, place like, like this. this. To be clear, I knew that. I just our wanted heroes. to go you, go with you. Sorry. Our heroes. No, join me. Yeah. Our heroes, heroes feel like the best, best parts of us. Of us. And, and stories feel perfect and powerful. Because, because here, here they are. AMZ theaters. We make movies better. Yeah. I didn't know the part about did you actually read it? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I read it. Oh, I didn't, I didn't for that. the record, I, just... I I was going off memory. <laughs> okay, I will just say I didn't know the part about um, but somehow reborn together. I remember the somehow that reborn. Seems like a yeah. What do we do next time? All right, so it's kind of funny we just did um the AMC bit. Next time <laughs> we'll be doing the one direct to video feature. With Pixar's name on it during this entire saga, <laughs> which is the film that was recently remade, which is not actually made by Pixar, but Pixar did some bookends on it, which is why we're covering it. This is the direct-to-video pilot movie titled Buzz Lightyear Star Command, The Adventure Begins, starring Tim Allen. And as I just mentioned before, I will always refer to it with that full title, including the starring Tim Allen, because that's what's on the box of the VHS. And we'll have very special guest Joe Schremer on who hosts another podcast and more importantly edits my other podcast. So he'll be like, wow, I'm on, on a podcast. And I don't have to edit it. Wow. He's having a chill time. Yeah. So, yeah. And so will we. Looking for the Ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. Our original artwork was done by Sarah Knopf, and each episode is edited by me. If you'd like to be notified about new episodes, you can find us on Facebook at Looking for the Ocean of Pixar Journey, on Twitter at Pixar Journey, on Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod, and on our website, lookingfortheoceanpixar.podbean.com. If you want to know what I'm up to or find me on social media, you can head over to markyoungperformer.com. And if you'd like to see all my takes on all the movies, you can find me on Letterboxd at Blankman's. If you'd like to hear me on another podcast, I also have The Snub Club, a podcast about film history. We'll see you next time. See you next time.